0: Hey Bluntheads, this is Greg, and for the live Bluntcast number 10, we had Undertaker John join us to shed some light on what life in general is like as a last responder during a pandemic and raising a family while living in a funeral home. Undertaker John, better known as John Barnes of McCafferty Sweeney Slabinski Barnes Funerals and Cremations, has been in the funeral business since he was in high school. He talks about how a kid from Frankfurt, born and raised under the L, becomes an Undertaker with no family connections. Most importantly, he sheds important and useful information about how COVID-19 has affected the industry and the families of those whose loved ones have passed during the social distancing times. We discuss the precautions and hazards of the industry during a pandemic and how funeral directors are scrambling the keep up with current CDC recommendations as well as securing enough PPE supplies. While we are all doing our best to avoid any contact with COVID-19, John has had over 30 people who have passed due to the virus brought into his home where he both lives and works. This is a must-listen where we think you'll both learn and laugh. We hope you enjoy and that you and your loved ones are safe. Don't forget, if you have Facebook, you can watch these Friday Night casts live, and you can comment on them in real time and uh, ask questions as we go along. If you don't have Facebook, you can check out the videos of the interviews on our YouTube page. Just search for The Philly Blunt Podcast. Enjoy!
1: Philadelphia, Philly Blunt. My name's is Shiny Good Times. I'm Reef. Hey, this is Greg. And hey,
2: We're uh, excited to have our guest tonight. Please uh, welcome to the program, Undertaker John, aka better known John Barnes. John, welcome.
0: Yeah. Hi guys. Hope everybody's safe. <laughs> yeah, he's on the moon. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm in my
4: space shuttle right now, and uh, (laughs) just sitting down. Hi to you guys. Where are you, John? Uh, I am in beautiful North Wildwood right now, just uh, enjoying a a weekend away. Nice. Oh, it's
2: going to be a beautiful weekend for it.
4: It is. It is. Yes. Are you Are you enjoying a weekend away from total chaos? Yeah, it is a little bit insane right now in uh, in the Philadelphia, in the big city. It is. It's very insane. Uh, not as bad as New York, not overwhelmed. Uh, we don't have the uh, population density and the, the crowds that they do and the uh, subway system, uh, but uh, Philadelphia is a, a hot spot right now for uh, COVID-19 deaths, Yeah.
2: And, and so, you know, again, like, you know, you are an undertaker, and, you know, I think we will touch both on what your job regularly is, but right now – what, what's, how has your life changed in the last six weeks?
4: Um, overwhelming, to say the least. It's, uh, our business model has changed. Uh, I don't know if you guys would know this. Even in, New, in the state of New Jersey right now, even if you pass away from uh, cancer or just old age, you can't have a traditional funeral any longer. There's no longer viewings allowed. And public funerals are not permitted any longer. It's a Jersey state rule that just came out this week. So if you do die in New Jersey, you cannot have a traditional funeral. And now in Pennsylvania, right across the bridge, you can. But in New Jersey, it's very different. So uh, that's a big change. Uh, people are choosing uh, cremation or immediate burial.
2: What do you mean when you say you can't have a traditional funeral? You mean there just can't be people or only
3: the Correct.
4: Family? What does that mean? No viewings, no open casket viewings. Okay. Now, are you guys, are you from the area and, uh, you know, what's, what's your background in, in where you experience funerals? Because Philadelphia is different than New York, which is different than Chicago, which is different than California. How about you guys? What are you accustomed
1: to? I'm, I'm from West Philly, so my, my family's mostly uh, Baptist. So it was, you know, big whole thing with the church singing and then we, you know, do the procession and then the, the repass afterwards. Yeah, it's, it's a whole day.
4: Exactly, exactly. And I'm sure there's funeral homes on many blocks and many street corners in, your, in West Philly. So uh, just like Northeast Philly, just like South Philly, just like uh, Broad Street, um, no longer are traditional funerals allowed in New Jersey. In Pennsylvania, they still are, though. So you could still have a church service and a recess, but for 10 people maximum in Pennsylvania. So that's really changed the dynamic of funeral service. So you basically have to invite you know, the 10 closest family members and that's all. Wow. Yeah.
2: Uh, so is is, is uh, h- how do you guys adjust? Like, what's your, um, you know, what's something you're doing now that you didn't even think about two months ago?
4: I didn't know what Zoom was two months ago. How that? <laughs> so now I'm making funeral arrangements on Zoom calls and FaceTime calls. I'm making funeral arrangements over the phone because we're limiting public. Public ac- access into our buildings now. So it's really changed in that manner. Uh, technology's taken over in funeral service. Uh, we're a traditional neighborhood, uh, funeral home. And now we're, um, we're not having that uh, interpersonal experience that you're used to. I'm meeting people for the first time at a cemetery service where before I would go and sit around your kitchen table and make a funeral arrangement conference. And, you know, most of your decisions in life are made around a kitchen table with your family. So as a funeral director, we would go to people's homes all the time and. Sit around a table, take our sport jacket off, and have a cup of coffee, and, and talk funeral service. Uh, now you can't do any of that. So we make the arrangements over the phone, set everything up, and we meet you at the cemetery for the first time. So it's just a very different experience for, for us and for the families we're serving.
0: Has the process? It, oh, go ahead, you. No, no no after you man. Has the process changed at all for actually like picking up the bodies and stuff?
4: Yeah, so um, you always heard the word universal precaution. So people, uh, staff of anything, a hospital or a funeral home, have certain care, uh, rubber gloves, proper clothing, proper equipment, proper disinfectant. Um, so we've always been somewhat careful, but now it's like being careful on steroids. So Tyvek suits are used. Um, who heard the word N95 mask uh, three months ago, as we do now? I mean who knew about n95 masks uh, painters or uh, wall scrapers and, and people like that now funeral homes and directors are wearing them you know so we wear n95 masks all the time i I have them in my car I have them in my office I have them you know all throughout our building I have uh, you know an n95 mask sitting across from me right now we just we never thought we would need all, the, all of this PPE and you do need it so we're super super precautious. there's C- CDC guidelines there's uh, health department guidelines on how we are regulating care for deceased now it's uh
0: it, it's it's on steroids do they, go ahead
1: No, i was going to ask uh with with the, the virus uh, if someone were to pass from it have you experienced that yet and, and do you have to burn the body like what's going on with that
4: yeah, so so we've had over 30 covid19 deaths in the last couple weeks um and um it's it's just awful for families because uh, picture this, and most families are experiencing this. The nursing homes in the Philadelphia area are overrun with COVID-19. Um, so when one person gets it in a room and the roommate gets it and then the nurse passes it or it's passed to the next room or or the doctor comes in or, or something or food service moves a tray to a room. So it's spreading throughout these rooms now. So it's overwhelmed in these facilities that can't handle all this. And that's what's causing this these deaths. We haven't experienced any young people passing from this yet, but I have at least six, seven friends in their 40s that have it and have recovered from it, and two of them have it now. So you, you see, it's 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 rampant.
0: It really is rampant. Are the bodies? Do they think the bodies are um, contagious after they've passed? They really don't know, and we treat every every person we
4: handle now and care for. We do treat them as they're COVID-19 positive because you just don't know. You, you don't. You don't know if a family member uh, walked into the room and had it. You don't know if a doctor had it and 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 came in contact with a patient. We just don't know. Not everyone's tested for it. You're only tested, obviously, here on, the, on on the news. You're only tested if you have symptoms. So not every person is tested for it. We're just assuming everyone has it. So we're caring for everyone in the same manner. So once we do take that person to our care. The CDC and the health department are, are requiring that you use two, um, pouches or body bags. So you're using two body bags in transportation of people now in case there are, um, the virus is on that person or inside that person. So that's a change. We never used the word body bags before. We used sterile white sheets to care for people and wrap them. Now you have to use these white uh, mortuary
1: body bags. Have you guys thought about laying, like, shutting it down until this is over? That's not an option for you guys?
4: No, it's it's really not an option. We're a a, a small family neighborhood business that uh, we've been in in business for. One of our firms has been in business for 103 years. The other one's been uh, 140 years. So when there's a problem in the neighborhood or someone needs help, they know to turn to us. So we wouldn't shut down, but we're very, very careful. And, you know, the wonderful thing about all this is every family we've served, is understanding, is knowledgeable, is well educated, and just want to be safe. They want our staff safe. They want doctors and nurses safe. They want cemetery workers safe. Cemetery ops. They want their priests to be safe. They just want to do things safely. And that's the positive of all this. I have not had one um, bad experience with anyone that uh, didn't want to follow the guidelines or our suggestions. And uh, and we work together in all that. So it's been it's been good.
2: Yeah, it's, it's fascinating that you know you're working at a place that was around uh during the spanish flu of
4: 1918
2: so this yeah. isn't your, your 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 company's first rodeo um,
4: i know yeah. yeah yep um but, it, but yeah, uh, I mean, I,
2: you know I, I think that people you know i think that you guys deserve uh respect in terms of you know putting yourselves on the line um you know, I, I I totally you know appreciate all the the love for first responders and so forth, and I'm glad that that's being recognized. But I think you guys deserve a certain amount of recognition because you, you're putting yourselves into into danger as well.
4: Yeah, they're calling us the last responders, uh, so a play on the oh, word. Wow. And uh, Governor Wolf uh, has been good to funeral service. He did uh, you know name us essential businesses and industries so we could still care for people and. um, the president and um, elected officials have uh, given props to funeral homes and funeral directors uh, for, for the great jobs they've been doing. So um, yeah, it's, it's uh, it's been an experience, a learning experience. Um, but are, uh, you,
2: are you nervous yourself when you're, when you're like, obviously three months ago, this was a job. This was a thing you did. It's a whole different thing now, three months later. Is, do you have a different mindset when you're doing the job?
4: Uh, yeah. see, And I'm unique. But, but not unique to a lot of funeral directors. I live at our funeral home. So, uh, living at a funeral home, you're experiencing, uh, COVID-19 in your home. You know, the word funeral home. You know, most funeral directors, every funeral home has a funeral director living there, or most of them do. So I live there. So I have COVID-19 persons coming in and out of our building at all times. And I live there. So you guys are in your homes right now. I just imagine there was a separate part of your building or your house or your, uh, second floor or you're in the second the first floor has, um, you know, eight, uh, COVID-19 persons in there right now. So, um, it's, it's happening and I live there. So it's, it's a unique situation So Yeah. It has hit me at home and it hit me, uh, you know, in that way too. And I have a, a family, I have a wife and, and, uh, teenagers, teenage sons that, uh, you know, were around that for a little bit. So.
1: Wow. How did you, uh, how did you decide to get in the business? or was it just kind of instilled that like, this is what you're going to do from, from a very early age? Um, for,
4: for me, uh, the mailroom uh, for funeral service is, um, uh, cutting the grass at a local funeral home or, uh, washing cars or standing the door. And that's how I started in a little neighborhood in Northeast Philadelphia while I was in North Catholic high school, uh, sitting across from Greg. Um, Greg was wearing, uh, a blazer, a plaid blazer and a big fat, you know, six inch tie. And I was the guy coming to school in a black suit, you know, because I was, I had to go to work after, after class. I, w- I was working at a funeral home. All through, um, you know, through uh, high school.
0: You know, so no lie, like I'd be working at Kmart or West Coast Video, making like five bucks an hour, and he'd be coming into Center City getting designer clothes because he, he would go run and pick up bodies from the morgue and get like what a hundred bucks back in the, the late
1: eighties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was this is this a family? Thing? Oh, you told you told us about him before. Yeah, uh, I probably has- told you about him.
3: Yeah,
4: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Um, no, I'm. I like to sound first generation. And I was blessed enough to partner with a firm that's um, been around 140 years. So I'm first generation. Uh, I started with a, I started for a, a funeral director in the Bridesburg section, a Betty Slabinski. Betty and her son, Joe, had a wonderful, longtime established business there. So I learned from the best. I learned from Betty, who was a great woman in funeral service and a, and a neighborhood icon and a businesswoman. And she took me under her wing with her son and and I started working there right out of high school. So I, I grew up a section over I, from Greg. Greg grew up in Junietta. I grew up in Frankfurt. So uh, times were tough back then. And to find a career and a job and, and something that fit for me, uh, it's been a blessing. I never uh, sold newspapers. I never um, sold I pretzels on a corner. I, I did. Watch, I, watch, I, watch cars. Uh, I you watched cars. Lim- you
0: watched limousines. I watched limousines. Yeah. yeah, so
4: I got free limousine. Craig, did you go to limousine with me to prom? Or no?
0: I yeah, yeah, I did, but it's a funeral limousine. <laughs> <laughs> it Wasn't a stretch one.
2: <laughs> it was like one for the family I, to ride. Lots of headrooms. Lots of <laughs> headroom. <laughs> Now,
1: now, John, this is this is kind of an off kilter question, but like you know, I'm not I'm not scared of much, but I don't I don't mess with you know the dead man. Have, have you? How do you put stuff like that out of your mind? Or you just are so like you've been around it so long that nothing spooks you. Cause I would it's swear I'd be like, hearing noises at night and
4: you know, shit like right? that. Right, People it's, creeping around. It's all <laughs> I've ever done. I've never, never done that. anything else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my wife always tells a story that I was at a, I was at a wedding at Romano's Caterers in uh, in Junietta, you know, many years ago. And I had I had to leave the wedding. A hearse came and picked me up from the wedding. <laughs> we ran to someone's home, took someone into our care, and the hearse dropped me back off at the wedding. Like that's all I've ever done. I'm twenty four <laughs> hours a day, seven days a week funeral service. <laughs> Um, that's the, that's the nature of our business. We're, we're always around. We're like the old doctor's offices. Remember when you, if, when I was a young kid, I would go to my family doctor and it was in the basement of his home yeah. and right. I, I live right, at, right, right. I live at the store. So, um, <laughs> the day that, that we purchased the funeral home, my doorbell rang and it was my first experience with the doorbell rang and it was a fa- grieving family that said, we need help. And I brought them into the home and, and since it's, you know, 15 years I've owned the funeral home and, and since then it's. That's, that's all we've done. So. I mean,
0: some of us are lucky. We go on vacation every now and then. You're looking at his vacation. Like, he goes to North Wildwood, and that's as far as he goes for vacation. Like Greg, ah, that, why Greg,
3: are you ragging on North Wildwood, man? No, no. He's always
0: got to be close to get back to Philly if he needs to.
4: Greg, that's the furthest Greg he can get. my balls. I've never been to Europe. I've never traveled a lot. And I don't because I have to be an hour and 15 minutes away. My phone can ring right now. You know, my phone rings 24 hours a day, uh, you know. People who pass away, there's no time on that. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of when it happens. And uh, and uh, and with COVID 19, it's it's happening a lot more more than most. Uh, most funeral homes in Philadelphia are overwhelmed right now right. with um, right. volume and numbers uh, more yeah. more than you see on television. And it's,
0: so, are you it's saying there. it's more than a, a good flu season? You're more overwhelmed than the traditional flu season. <laughs> <laughs> you see the statistics. Yeah. <laughs>
4: The 2019 or 2018 flu—more uh, people died in the last three weeks than the entire 2018 flu. I think is right. the statistic right now. Yeah, this is this is um this is very scary. It really is very scary for the future for for us. For Philadelphia and the country, it's, it's frightening. Yeah. Do you
1: see, I, oh, go ahead, Johnny.
2: I feel like that's you know like we all get our information from wherever we get it. Uh, you know, and I and I feel like we're not getting the best information because a lot of it's just sort of drummed up to be as, as you know, whatever's going to sell a TV show or a newspaper. Like, you're on the front lines of this. Like, are, are you as somebody on the front lines, like, oh, shit, this is, this is heavier than people are realizing?
4: This is awful. It's, it's awful. I, I go back to the word body bag. Um, when this first started, I ordered 100 body bags thinking that this could really be bad. Uh, we're almost out of the first hundred, Like, in, and that's only been three weeks. And in this country right now, you can't get PPE, you can't get, get body bags, you can't get disinfectants, you can't get any of this. I do hear politicians say, oh, yeah, there's plenty of masks and, P- and N95s and, and rubber gloves. You can't, you can't get any of that. It's, it's not true. You, if Funeral homes have no supplier that has rubber gloves and N95s in stock right now. So if you don't have them in stock, you have to order them and wait three, four weeks. So um so it, it's it's awful it, it's awful and, and you need them
3: mm-hmm.
4: yeah there hasn't been in my lifetime of funeral service and I've been a funeral director uh, since 1996 um, I've never experienced where you walk into a room to care for deceased that you could die from being in that room right. just by walking into that room right. and and right. this is what this is what we've got right now I, I ne- there's never been anything like this it's that toxic and that fatal right. Jesus um,
2: but- and, G- getting back a little bit to your own personal path, um, w- when you say you know I started working for this in the late '80s, like w- was this just like a summer job that you were like you know like you were just like oh I'll do this for a summer and make a few bucks, and this turned into a career, or was this something that you actually were like oh this seems interesting and I'm gonna I'm gonna follow this path.
4: So in frankfurt uh there's the l you guys are familiar with the l and i live i grew up under the l uh on Fillmore street on Fillmore street i grew up on the 1600 block and also on the 1600 block was a big garage that housed hearses and limousines so i started as a car washer there and that was owned by a couple funeral directors and then i went to work part-time for the funeral director and that's kind of how i moved into the field um I guess I could have went with any other career. I wasn't, no, I didn't see a big hearse driving down the street and say, oh, that's what I want to do, drive a hearse. No, not at all. But it kind of worked out that a car washer led to a grass cutter led to this. And I kind of just moved up the line a little bit. And uh, and I, I went to LaSalle University and then went to mortuary school. And then you sit for a licensing and a, and a uh, an internship. And, uh, and here we are many years later. Have you, have I started you- in 97. I, I started a funeral in 1997, I'm sorry, 1987, and here we are many years later, and, mm. and uh, I'm a funeral director.
1: Have you, have you ever had a discussion with your sons about, you know, this is a family business, we, you want, I want you in the business with me when, you, when you're old enough? Uh,
4: we talked about it, but they both want to do other things. I have a, uh, a college student at Wyatt University now, he's into the finance and data analytics field, so uh, he's going to have success in that field. And my other guy is a, a high schooler right now, and if he doesn't have aspirations to go into funeral service. I think he wants to do something uh, in the medical field, but not in funeral service. I think he wants to be—I uh, think he wants to listen to Greg's problems and help Greg out.
3: My <laughs> therapist, <laughs> yeah, up there in age. I'm, I'm going like to,
1: yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: to be looking
1: okay soon.
4: You seem okay with
1: that, though. You seem—you seem supportive of that, though. That's really cool. I'm very supportive. I'm very supportive.
4: It's been—it's—it's a, it's a tough, tough field. And it is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you do live at the future home, and it's, it's a lot. And, and, and it's, it's overwhelming at times, and, uh, and we do the best we can in a, to be a good neighborhood small business. So, yeah. times like
0: this, uh, you're up in Wissanoma, you could probably sleep with your doors open. No one's coming in your place to rob you now. Uh, you'd, be, you'd be surprised. <laughs> a lot of people are out on the street. I walk my dog, and a lot of
4: people are on the street with no mask on. It's, uh, it's crazy, isn't
3: it?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, you sent me this picture, uh, this video I wanted to show about, like, uh, tell us what's going on. I think you have to clean up between. Every service,
4: yeah. You guys so, see uh, that? Yeah. So this is a this is a great company. Uh, Tom Kenny um, from Taylor Restoration comes into our buildings um, so that every family we serve has a sanitized building, and he uses a um, a commercial fogger and sanitiz- uh, sanitizing product that um, that he makes sure that every time we serve a family, the building's spotless and clean.
3: Nice, nice. Have you
1: have you ever had any, I don't know, I'm going to say this without getting your, your business or anything in trouble, but has any fights ever broken out at your funerals? Uh, no,
4: never fist to cuffs. <laughs> your giggle on your face means that you've been at one or two, and maybe, <laughs>
1: maybe you did swing a punch here or there. Or no,
3: I didn't, but I've seen, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Somebody showed up that wasn't really welcome and, it, and all hell broke loose. <laughs> uh, the,
4: wor- <laughs> the worst thing I ever had was in a local Catholic church in Northeast Philadelphia. I had someone on PCP that came walking in, and obviously they weren't part of the family. He started to take his clothes off during the mass, and uh, he had to be restrained and tackled and taken out till the police arrived. And I've never seen so many police officers arrive, but once a Catholic church has someone half-naked on PCP running through the (laughs) the church, that's the closest. But yes, families do fight. I come from a very dysfunctional family myself families mm. do fight. There are arguments. I've never <laughs> seen a uh, fist A lot of threats of it. But right. usually at a funeral service, everyone does remain calm and they understand they're there for their mom or dad or grandparents. Right.
1: And they- it's, it's the leading up to it where the, where the threats are made, right? Like,
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if he comes, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. But, you know, they're all pussycats when the time comes. They, they're there for the right reason and, and they're pretty good. So, no, I don't have any crazy fight stories. <laughs>
2: Yeah, do you have any crazy stories? I
4: mean, no, you know what? I don't. I don't. I'm going to bore you with this. but I I always he's got crazy stories from high
0: school. I'm sure.
4: Yeah, yeah, but okay. I'll I'll tell you crazy high school stories. But no, I always tell this story too, and it'll it'll kind of put a damper on the humor of this. Is that when I was in Mortuary School, Mortuary College in Allentown, one of our instructors told us a story of a local funeral director that his best friend, they played high school basketball together, they went to college together, they stayed in the same small town, and they both got married and their own, did their own thing. And one was a funeral director, and one was a programmer or something like that. So the the programmer's uh, wife passed away from cancer. So instead of calling his best friend, he called another funeral home to handle his wife's funeral. And he said to, um, uh, maybe a month later, the, they were out to dinner together, the funeral director and his, and his buddy had just lost his wife, and he said, you know, hey, Jimmy, why didn't you call me to handle and care for your wife? And he said, uh, hey, Joe, you've been telling these crazy stories about this person and that person and this fight and what this woman looked like and this dead body. And he said, I just couldn't have my wife being one of those stories at some point while you're having drinks out. So I don't have any crazy stories to tell. I won't, I won't kiss until I don't tell any crazy stories about my business. Maybe someday in my book, I probably have a 100 stories to tell, but no, want, now. no I'm book. kidding.
0: I'm ghostwriting. Yeah, uh,
4: no, no crazy <laughs> stories. No, nothing crazy. No,
0: It was uh six feet under popular show at one point. Pretty accurate description I, of I've life. I've seen
4: every. It, it did jump the shark after a couple seasons, but it was uh, pretty accurate. Yeah. It was pretty cool seeing uh, the the uh, the folks living in a funeral home. Like, how cool was that? That they they showed how they live and they adapt and they work and that you know it's just an American family just trying to. Uh, to pay a mortgage and work hard and, and make ends meet and provide for community. Um, and sometimes it's uh, it's tough. It is. Well,
2: you, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, you, you've obviously been married for a long time. you got a couple kids. But when you were first starting out, like, if you went to the bar and somebody said, what do you do, you know, what do you do for a living? And you said, you know, I run a funeral home. Was that, like, something Not that a... girls were, like, into? Or was that something that was, like, whoa, this is <laughs> –
4: here's the joke when you're in a bar is that you know you could say to someone oh, and we do it a lot we'll be joking with people we meet or something we say hey I can guess what you do for a living well guess no one ever guesses <laughs> I, I could say I could say to the people next to me hey I'll buy you drinks all night long if you can guess what I do and nobody says oh he's an undertaker you know you just <laughs> it, it, it's just not that field so uh the cool thing is I have some very good friends that are funeral directors so we we golf together we vacation together we party together so you know, so we do have a good good core of people, young guys but my that's age. Where, that's
2: where all the good stories are. That's – Yeah, yeah. have to hide out in the trees during one of their golf matches to yeah. get the – Oh, the yeah. Scoop.
4: Meet me at O'Neal's. I'll see you at O'Neal's in about uh, – <laughs> when, when are the regulations being lifted? I think
0: next week Eight, maybe? 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's got to be a group. Are you guys completely out of control together as a group? You're looking at death every day. When you get together and hang out, is it – wild and we talking hangovers and you know. uh, we're
4: bo- no, we're too
0: busy bartering
4: ppe right now like, hey, <laughs> can, you, can you give me uh give me two n95s and i'll give you uh 400 uh rubber gloves i only have size small because that's you know that's the only thing you could get but i have extra large hands so it's like but that's all i got so we're bartering a lot i mean we do we're communicating a lot just trying to help each other out and, and do what we can to stay
1: safe and that's that's is there, is there yeah, honestly john what do you do what what do you guys do when the the supplies run out it sounds like they're, it's 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 getting there
4: it's getting there i don't know how we'll cross that bridge uh when we get there so right now um uh, new york city has run out of like everything like you can't get anything there um the crematories in those areas are overwhelmed right now because they just can't keep up with the volume if you cremated a person every few hours Around the clock, you, sh- you can't keep up with the volume of New York. So that's, what, that's what's causing a lot of issues. You see the trailers on television. You've, you've seen the trailers backing up to this hospital and all that. It's all true. You know, our staff goes into the trailers and takes people into our care. The Philadelphia Medical Examiner's Office has, has a lot of, of, uh, of cases now as well. Um, it, 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 it's tough. Is so there is the- any talk
2: of, of you guys going up north? To help out what's um, happening in New York, in New York if, they, if they get
4: any more overrun? They, New York has asked Philadelphia and Pennsylvania crematories to help them. They can't because they're already handling their own um, funeral home accounts, so to speak. So you guys might not know this. So there are a few cre- crematories in Philadelphia, and many funeral homes utilize that crematory. I don't have a crematory on my premises. Um, but so we utilize a subcontracting service that that performs the cremations. So you got to figure, so there's a crematory on Hunting Park Avenue in, um, uh, like 24th and Hunting Park, and they may have 75 funeral homes that they're doing services for, for the cremation aspect. So just do that math alone and you see the volume of what's happening. And that's not just on the COVID-19 cases. You have to remember people are still dying from old age and car accidents. And overdoses. Philadelphia, you know the overdoses in Philadelphia. You knew those numbers just from reading the news. Cancer, all that. So not only do you still have the the deaths that were occurring anyway, now they're compounded by COVID nineteen.
2: Is that something too? You know, like that that has to have been a pretty major change in your business, I would think, in the last ten to fifteen years. Is you know, and and not to bring it down too much, but you know, like. With the, with the overdosing that has to have been a radical change
4: in your business over the last decade, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. The last few years have been just awful for families. The difference I've seen though, um, the COVID-19 deaths for that I've experienced are in the elderly and the older and it's been the nursing homes that have been, uh, contributing to that. Um, the overdose deaths are kids, you know, all kids, you know, my son's age, my son's friend's age, uh, families we know, kids we know, uh, people my son's played soccer with. So they're, you know, it's a younger, a younger uh, death rate, you know, there. Right.
3: How
1: do you, how do you separate that? Like when you see some a kid that you know or, or watch grow up or, you know, uh, coming into your home, how do you uh, put your emotions aside and just do the work?
4: Um, I always look at it for me. Um, if you think of, if I'm a surgeon and um, a, a mom and a dad would bring their son to me that played soccer with my son, um, and said, hey, can you save my son? You have to perform that surgery. So you have to really take your emotions out of it and care for them. And, and just as a surgeon would, would save someone's life, I need to care for uh, their son or daughter that passed away and, and make sure that they're taken care of and cared for and uh, and given a, 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 you know, a special service and everything that they need and, and to guide those parents through this difficult process. So that's how I do it. That doesn't mean that I don't go home at the end of the day and just – Sit down with a a, you know can of beer and just just chill because I just have to um, you know settle down. But in that time I put I put my hat on that I have to put on uh, you know my funeral director's cap and and do what's best for the family I'm serving.
0: It's a really tall black hat. Put on.
4: It is a really tall black hat (laughs) and a black bow tie, right? Uh, You know, funeral directors used to cut their grass wearing. Tuxedos, you know, in the in the forties and fifties, you know. So yeah,
0: I will say, like
4: John, <laughs> this is my John... funeral garb now—a uh, Vineyard Vines uh, quarter zip—and uh this is what I'm wearing now. This is the—I've uh I've been making my funeral arrangements just in you know in this kind of outfit. No more black suits.
0: Right, J- John is the—he's a the consummate professional. He's—he's—he's he's, he's put. The, he, you've worked with some of our classmates. He's had to work on. And he did some family member for me way back in the day before cell phones and everything were around. And whenever I had to track down, John, my grandma would always have his number because he did a relative of ours. And she was like, he's so good. When I go, I want him to be handling me. <laughs> True story. She still has your number written in her book.
4: That's great. You know, it's, I guess it's um, a compliment. I am in so many people's phones right now as a funeral director. And um, I don't know, they call and they, I get a lot of texts. I'll get, you know, and um, I'll get, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll have a text message. Hey, John, just want to let you know, um, you know, my mom passed away during the night. Just call me to get a chance. And it's like, you know, a friend or, or a person we served in the past. And people text you, text you during the night now that, you know, and things like that. So, yeah, um, I, I think we do a good job of what we do. We try to be uh, helpful and community-based. And Greg knows I'm involved in my community, my neighborhood. I'm president of a local civic association. I volunteer on a lot of boards in our neighborhood. And. My high school alumni board is always involved with that and the Norfins and the alumni association at North. So I just try to stay involved and get back to the community right now.
0: It's the weirdest thing. Like if I have a friend who loses someone in their family, like I want to recommend, but how do you say, Hey, I got a guy, if you need somebody, it sounds like I'm trying to get a piece of it, but I would get nothing financial. I just know he handles it in such a professional way that he's the like very- I have
4: classmates from North, like guys that we, we still know. And and they always they're texting me hey you know this person's mom died they're gonna call this person mom it's yeah that's how that you network these and people still I mean, people need help you know they need help that's
3: Philly
2: I mean that's Philly you got a guy yeah yeah I got
4: a
3: guy you
2: got yeah. You. yeah yeah
4: yeah
3: you know, that's, exactly. that's
2: one of my favorite things about this city is that you're not uh you know it, it's not because you're trying to look out for yourselves because. You, You got a guy, you know, it's like, you know, if you have somebody that you trust and somebody that you like, no matter what the profession is, that's going to be your, that's the highest recommendation in Philly is I got a guy.
0: Hey John, I'm not even kidding. If you need gloves, I got a guy. (laughs) <laughs> he's two blocks away. He's always got them.
3: <laughs> yeah, oh
4: yeah. <laughs> Yo, what's the price on him right now, guys
0: uh, we'll talk. He, he's a buddy. <laughs> <All right>.
4: Yeah. in <laughs> the middle man? Yeah. How about good. you guys? How are you coping with COVID-19? How about how have your worlds changed?
0: I drink way more at home than I've ever done. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I'm just I got I got young kids, you know, so I'm my, I'm more concerned about them, you know. I'm I I can handle this, but it's sad to see like their worlds be disrupted the way that it is and then not be able to go to playgrounds or see their friends. That's what, that's what kills me every day. You know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm holding up, but when I think about that or see them like confused as to why they just can't, you know, go do things that they're used to doing, that's, that's why I get, you know, oh I get really sad. Are they in school? Are they school age? Uh, yeah, I have a, uh, a five-year-old and then my, my, my oldest is a uh, nine. He's nonverbal autistic. So, you know, ru- routine, his, his, his at home therapy stopped, you know what I mean? Just, just things that, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. it, it's just, it's just, it's just awful in that regard. But then I think about people like yourself, family members that are and friends that are nurses that are on the front lines of this thing. And, you know, me sitting at home watching Netflix and going crazy cause I can't go out and do things. That's one thing, but I'm not in the, in the war, so to speak, you know what I mean? So I, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm wouldn't know what to do. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah. You know what drives me nuts is that, you know, you look at social media and someone says, Oh my God, I, I haven't had my nails done in three yeah. weeks. And yeah. I got to get my, I, right. can, I can't believe my ends and uh, what am I going to do? And, they're, uh, they're, they're the worst. Those, those people come are up. the worst.
3: Yeah. yeah.
4: And I'm like, I could tell you 40 nurses that are walking around with medical waste on their face because they can't get an N95 mask hoping to live the next day. Like people say to me like, Hey, what do you, you know, what do you foresee? I said, I just want to live to see next year personally, you know what I mean? So that's my goal. So, uh, yeah. And I, you know, parents get upset about you know kids not being in school or when are you going to get back to school? I, I just, I hope we all live, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. Take it from me. Take yeah. it from me. Like somebody put on Facebook, if, if, um, if baseball season started, you know, next week for kids, would you send your son or daughter to go play uh, little league sports? And everyone's like, yeah, I'm sending my child to play little league sports. I'm sending my child. And all I said was, take it from me. You don't want to be around little league sports right now. No, you just don't. There's no reason for it. What I know all these parents think that their kids are going to have college scholarships and playing the pros. I, guess, <laughs> right. I know they all are, but you right. know what? The reality of it is none of them are. And maybe just, just chill. It's okay. It's okay to just chill with your child for, for a couple months. It's, it's great home. Home time is not that bad, is it? After all, to be home with your family. So. Right.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a different, it's a different learning experience. I mean, it's, you know, and it, it is tough. You know, I have a six year old and you know, he's, he's ready to do something. And it's like, we can't do anything.
3: Like we can't,
2: we can't can't really do much of anything. And he's like, well, I'm kind of, I'm bored. And it's like, well, you know, we gotta, we gotta get through this and then we can, you know, then we can do something fun. But right now it's.
1: Yeah. Every, every day you wake up, every day that you wake up and you're not sick, Hey, look! Count your blessings.
4: You know? right. yep. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Exactly. This, this too shall pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. I posted on Facebook today. I was in a cemetery today. I was in a Jewish cemetery today, and it was like miserable out, rainy, and it was that dark, overcast clouds, and like the sun just came out, and and the sun was like. And, and I'm not making this up. Look at my Facebook page. There's a picture of a tombstone with an Eagles logo and a, and a Phillies logo on the tombstone. And the sun's like hitting it. And I'm thinking, you know, it's going to get bright again. Like as, as gloomy as it is, it'll get better. It'll be bright again. And, and I see that happen. There is a, there is light at the end of this tunnel. I hate to use that, that phrase, but it's, it it's there. And maybe it's in a few months or maybe it's a little bit in a couple of weeks or. You know, maybe it's next year. I don't. I don't know. But
0: yeah, great piece of why, voice rush, I, why rush? Great piece right. of advice I heard was like every day we're one step closer to the end of this. So
4: yeah, yeah. As long as we all live through it, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right.
0: So, yep. Yeah, I know.
4: Take all right, one, we're ready to take it to
2: the one. Yeah. All right, we're gonna hit you uh, rapid fire, uh, rapid fire questions. You're gonna give us rapid fire answers. Uh, I'll rapid. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, That's he was—he never was a quick kid, so. Yeah. No, I'm very. Uh, slow. I, I
2: know you're relaxing. And you got—you got a rare vacation weekend, so we—we we'll, we'll, we won't push it too hard.
4: Go, so go. Your, Whatever uh, you what's, need.
2: What's your drink of choice?
4: Uh, this is a a Philadelphia special, a Yard's Pale Ale. Nice. Yards. Nice. So, uh, I have a disguise. I have a disguise in a uh, in a coffee mug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you look very professional. I want to look professional, but mm-hmm. Greg knows it's not so professional. Yeah. 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 It,
1: yeah. Shout yeah. Out. In- in- in three words, describe Greg in high school. Oh, good one.
4: <laughs> oh, my God. Good one.
1: Suck, sucked at
0: basketball. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: uh, not far from the truth. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, do you believe in ghosts? No, I do not, but my family does.
4: Mm. Oh, really?
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before we move on to yeah, that, you in denial
3: here or what? No, I'll tell you this. So I've
4: never seen a ghost, never experienced a ghost, but my wife has had experiences where she has thought or felt that someone walked by her and her father's cologne passed by her, hmm. which is an I- impossible that that could happen, and it did on numerous occasions. Hmm. So you, you, so
3: what's a I cologne? What kind of cologne did he wear?
4: I don't know. I don't know that. Well, not anything that would be in our home. You know what I mean? Nothing. See, a car guy?
2: Uh, all these years.
4: Uh, maybe Polo. I don't know, Greg. Well, Greg, you're the only car guy I know, Greg. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all these years, all these funerals later, do you ever still get emotional during a funeral?
4: Uh, yes. Uh, at the point that I'm at now, and I just lost my mom in the last year, I am... Caring for so many of my friends, my personal friends, families, parents, children, things like that. So that's the experience I'm having now. I'm at the age where all of our parents are dying. I'm 48. So if you're blessed enough to have your parents, like it gets into that in the 70s age. And and, and so that's what's happening now. So not am I just receiving phone calls from just neighbors or people from church or, you know, things like that. I'm having friends of mine call me constantly with questions and inquiries now. So that's, that's the toughest part, yeah. But it's, I feel blessed that they're, they're reaching out to me to help them through this, but that's where it's emotional because I, I know many, many people that I'm bearing
1: now. So, yeah. Right. What's, what sport are you missing the most right now? Soccer. English Premier League soccer. Like every once in a while, so I'm sure
4: tomorrow morning I will wake up and, and for a split second, I'll think I should put on NBC, just for a split second. You, have you guys experienced this? I, it's weird.
3: Yeah. Just, just
4: forget we're in a pandemic and the world is, is crushing us or falling on top of us. And for that split second, you think maybe it's a dream. Have you had that yet? Because I do it. And on Saturday morning. It happens
1: about. a lot of times when I first wake up, man. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Like maybe. And I go, sometimes I'll even touch the remote and then it's like, no, I got to watch. George Stephanopoulos reruns or something like that. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, so um, I miss my Philadelphia teams, especially. I'm an Eagle season ticket holder. Greg, we went to, what, a playoff game together this year? Yeah. Um, so I'm missing um, my Philadelphia teams. But soccer is my law. I watched my son grow up and play from the age of four to now he's in college playing great soccer. And, and so I miss that sport. So, yeah, soccer. Is
0: it my turn? Yeah. Uh, favorite zombie movie?
4: Uh, probably the Walking Dead. Can I say Walking Dead show, yeah, sure. or does be- Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. That's fine. Just
4: till that, till that jumped the shark. Till so, till Glenn lived under the trash dumpster with eight thousand zombies around the dumpster, and he made it out alive. I forget how, but till that jumped the shark, I uh, yeah, that that was it. But I was I was a Walking Dead guy. So.
2: What what's your uh, what's your karaoke song?
4: Oh my goodness! Oh. Uh, my buddy, Pat Kelly, doing Never Gonna Give You Up <laughs> by Rick Astley. I don't do karaoke, but my buddy, Cat, my buddy Pat, and his twisted tea lights, they take control of him, and he actually thinks he can sing.
0: So, no, it's the weirdest uh, thing. I tailgate with John and his friends, and twisted tea lights all the rage. I, I don't All the I don't rage.
4: You know, these guys go to Florida <laughs> to play golf, right? And they fly cases of twisted tea down. Twisted tea <laughs> light You cannot get twisted tea light in the country – unless you're in Philadelphia like who would ever think that like they need like the data that they need of how the COVID-19 cases spread out of China and you know they have the grids of how they got to this. they need to see the twisted sea light people should have on their app where they're vacationing in the summer and they should just be able to fly twisted sea lights to those areas I, I don't Greg you, do you like twisted sea light Greg
0: too sweet. No.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't either. I, I can't do it. Disgusting.
1: Um I ask everybody this: Give us your, your best advice on making a marriage a relationship last. Um, lots
4: of love, great kids, and um, don't fight. Just don't fight. Yeah, there's no reason to fight. Don't sweat the small stuff either. Uh, I I don't know. I you know I live in a in a tough neighborhood, and I, I don't know if I'm just blaming it on neighborhood or. I see people walking down the street arguing at the top of their lungs with each other, like just bickering and fight and screaming and, or, or, you know, yelling at their girl on the phone, you know, and just don't fight. I don't, I don't know.
2: What what, what advice, what advice would you give 18 year
4: old you? Buy Apple stock. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
4: right <Yeah. laughs> because I would I wouldn't be in North Waller now I'd be in uh, I'd be in I'd be in Stone Harbor or I'd be on my jet just just <laughs> circling the planet or I would be uh, you know I don't, I don't know yeah, I, I like spot. how he'd be
2: I, in a nicer neighborhood but it would still be an hour 15 minutes from the city <laughs> yeah great
4: yeah, right, right. absolutely. Right. absolutely so even if I hit that scratch off for uh, 300 million I'm not leaving North Wildwood <laughs> always but, on uh, the yeah. clock always on the clock appreciate that I would just have a bigger, a bigger house that's all
3: mm-hmm. a bigger
0: house uh, what's the best sandwich in Philadelphia the
4: best sandwich in Philadelphia hot or cold hot <sighs> Joe's Steaks, Carsdale Avenue, uh, American Without with the buffalo chicken fries on the side with <laughs> extra chicken and extra blue cheese. Sorry, I got to do both. Damn, that sounds good. <laughs> oh,
2: wait, wait, wait. I, I want to know. I want to know. Best cold.
4: <sighs> best cold. Best hoagie. Um, Linden Market has a, has a wonderful hoagie there. And uh, Jack's Place, Taconi, uh, makes the best Italian hoagie in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an olive spread they put on their sandwich. That's amazing. Um, we got, See, we got a lot of hoagie joints in my neighborhood. We have Sphinx, um, Marinucci's Deli. We have hoagie row in our neighborhood. I mean, there's there's got to be 10 hoagies. All right, all right. You're talking like a off. civic
0: association leader. Knock it <laughs> off. Jesus Christ. You have to plug all the way. Hold ones. on. Did
4: any, <laughs> hoagie, did any of you guys know there's hoagie row? There's no. a hoagie row in Taconi?
1: No. Okay, well, there you go. So don't, you can go through the door. Row? All right. My my go question, right. my question will stick with the neighborhood theme. Since you're from Frankfurt, I know all you Northeast guys. There's a certain, there's there's always one neighborhood in, in Northeast that you can't stand. Which which is yours? Juniata, where Greg's <laughs> from. <laughs> my my lady who is from Juniata just just made a very uh, <laughs> an angry face.
3: <laughs>
4: Juniata guys. Yo, <laughs> so, I would go to meet Greg, and all Greg's friends would try to jump me, like hit me. True, it's true. There. And oh. everybody those are like,
1: "Jump it's me!" What is it with the Northeast in the neighborhood? Like, why nah, can't you just like, who oh, gives man. a shit? Like,
4: who
0: cares?
1: I
4: don't
0: man? <laughs> I don't
1: know. You know, <laughs> I got more fights at the at the
4: what was it, the Judietta uh, Carnival, Greg?
0: <laughs> oh, that was crazy! Uh, that carnival. Yeah, <laughs> Especially if you that were not from was, the neighborhood. Na- if you weren't from the neighborhood, forget about it.
4: That's so to lame. Girls, they were going to start fights. <laughs> like I didn't understand that. I wanted a Budweiser and to meet high school girls.
3: And they just wanted a fist
4: fight. Yeah. I love Judy Atta,
0: There was the FKDMOB. Don't act like Frankfurt was all chill either.
4: <laughs> Yo, Dan I in the his house. <laughs> 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 all right.
1: Yeah, thanks, John. <laughs> thank
4: you so much,
2: man. We really appreciate what you're doing, John. We appreciate the work you're putting in, man. Like,
1: yeah, man, stay nice. safe out there, dude. Yeah, yeah for sure. Thanks. thanks, guys. Cheers. Appreciate it, John. Thanks, thanks
0: man. Cheers buddy. cheers,
1: buddy. Later. Later. Cheers, yeah. thanks. Thanks. It's the sound of Philadelphia. Yo, yo. Welcome to the home of brotherly love. Brothers covered in blood. The man's office is covered in bugs. The youth dreams cut short.